All right, it's the Keep to the City Rangers podcast, and the Rangers finally beat the Penguins. It took them four tries. It took them blowing leads in the first three games, all third-period leads, but they finally broke through to beat the Penguins 3-1 to one on Monday night at the Garden, uh, and it was really 2-1 to one until the last second, 0.6 seconds left, Artemi Panarin gets an empty netter so he finishes the night with a goal and two assists to add to his team leading points total uh three points on the night for the bread man and the rangers pick up a much needed two points and and not only that but they didn't allow the loser point to take place and there's been so many loser points handed out in the east this season that it's sort of screwing everything up because three points are being handed out per game it makes the rangers ability to climb back out of their hole and get back up to standings that much harder and those are two big points they got they're now three four and two on the season and it was their first come from behind win so they they trailed one nothing at the end of one they score on the second on a kevin rooney goal uh, and then in the third, Chris Kreider scores on the power play, uh, the eventual game winner, and then Panarin with the empty netter for good measure. And this game coming in, and this game being the first in the post Tony D'Angelo era with the Rangers, and uh, the whole story is is a bit odd with Tony D'Angelo, and it, it's, it seems to be a bit more in depth than even the Rangers are leading on. If you watch the Jeff Gordon John Davidson press conference prior to Monday night's game where they answered questions about D'Angelo, they didn't give you much information, but the whole story is pretty odd. And the fact that if the Rangers tried to trade him in the offseason, they couldn't find a trade partner. So they signed him to a two-year deal. And then whatever happens during that time to the start of the season, it's unknown if there were issues, but I'm sure there were because it seems like there's issues wherever this guy goes. And then the first game of the season, he takes a, a dumb penalty that gets an unsportsmanlike penalty on top of it. So a four-minute penalty for slamming the penalty box door. He gets healthy scratched in the second game of the season, and the Rangers beat the Islanders 5 nothing. So David Quinn, being the superstitious guy that he is, he decides to go with the same lineup in Game 3. And the Rangers lose that game, so then D'Angelo comes back in the lineup for Game 4. And from what Jeff Gordon said, uh, it seemed like D'Angelo was so upset by being healthy scratch in Game 2 and then again in Game 3 that he wasn't able to move past it. And Gordon had to have a conversation with him and tell him that if he continued his antics or if he was involved in any other antics, that he would be put on waivers which led to the incident on Saturday night where the miscommunication behind the net in overtime eventually leads to the Penguins keeping the puck in the zone when Georgiev you know, passes the puck in the opposite direction of D'Angelo. Penguins keeping the zone, Crosby scores the game winner, and apparently then D'Angelo made a comment to Georgiev about the play in the tunnel, and it led to an altercation between the two. Now, it seems pretty far-fetched that the Rangers would give this guy a two-year deal and then he would be upset about being healthy scratched, and then he would create an altercation and be waived. It, it seems like there's a missing piece here because that's a pretty extreme jump to take from the guys that say he's not playing, which is understandable. I think any professional hockey player would be upset if they're not in the lineup, and especially in back-to-back games, especially for a guy who uh, is coming off the best season of his career. And then to take that and he has an altercation with Georgiev, that, and, and then he's off the team. And they're just going to eat this money. It doesn't, you know, nobody wanted to trade for him in the offseason. Nobody wanted to claim him off waivers. And now he's sitting at home as they wait to trade him. And I'm happy he's off the team. I didn't want Tony D'Angelo back this season. I like the offense, whatever. I just, he stinks at defense. He's a liability every time he's on the ice. And he does, it's not like he's doing enough. It's not like he's Kale McCarr out there uh, and he can score at will 
and you'll trade off the defense. It's not like he's that good. And if he were that good, the Rangers would probably keep putting up with him, but he's not that good. So it just seems to me odd that they're willing to make the jump from two-year contract to being upset that he's upset that he's not playing to waving him for an altercation in the tunnel. And who knows what was said, what was actually happened in this altercation, what's going on in the locker room. No one knows. And the Rangers aren't going to give you the details on that. They may come out another time because a player on the team tells someone who tells someone or it gets leaked to the media in some way, but the Rangers aren't going to make it known. And it's hard to believe what the Rangers are saying anyway because they want to move past this and they want to live in a Tony D'Angelo-less world and they don't want to have this overhanging their season and, and they don't want to have to have their players answering it while they're trying to contend and make the playoffs and try to win a Stanley Cup. They don't want to deal with this. So it makes sense that they're going to do everything they can to deflect the story and speak in cliches and be very vague in their answers. It just seems odd to me that the jump this took the the progression it took how quickly it happened that it was anything more than he made a comment to Georgiev there had to be underlying issues here there had to be relationship issues certainly we know that the Rangers are unhappy with you know the way he's acted in the past and off the ice and his his public social life his social media life so that all plays into into effect here and they can say that it has nothing to do with it but it certainly does because it's been made known John Davidson talked about it that they've had to talk with Tony D'Angelo about his social media and the things he says and, and, and what he does. And I'm sure they weren't happy when he started hosting a podcast or when he's tweeting about uh, current events. So th- there's way more to this story than the Rangers are leading on. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that it would jump so far so quickly unless something way more happened. And, and I, it seems like something did way, something else happened. I just don't get it. But now D'Angelo is gone, and that's a good thing. The Rangers are better off without him. They have depth at the defense. They don't need a guy who is good sometimes on the power play, and that's really all he brings. They don't need him. He's not good enough to negate all the baggage he has and his lackadaisical play in his own zone. It's just not. It's just not enough. So it is nice that the Rangers won in the first game without him because it's time to move on. As Gordon said, he's played his last game as a Ranger. He's no longer part of this team. He's home. And the Rangers have business to take care of, and they'll take care of it without him. And they should have just moved on from him in the offseason. It was dumb to bring him back and now potentially face a situation where they have all this dead money and they can't do anything with it. I like this Rangers team way better without him. It's unfortunate they wasted money and they'll waste money next season too, paying off his contract or buying him out or eating dead money, whatever whatever happens. But at least he's no longer a Ranger. And the Rangers now, they're going to have a a pretty good break here. (laughs) They're going to play on Thursday against Washington at home. And then the Saturday game against the Devils has been postponed. And now they'll play again on Monday against the Islanders. So one game here in, in a week span gives them time to rest, gives them a break. Not that they need it, given that they just had like a year off. And uh, but but hey, they're starting to turn things around here. They've gotten five of a possible six points in their last three games. 2-0-1 in those three games would have been nice to win that other game against Pittsburgh. The 5-4 OT loss could have had all six points. But the Rangers are there. They're in every game. Uh, that four-game losing streak, things didn't go their way, didn't bounce their way. They were all one-goal losses. They had leads in three of those four games they lost. Uh, but they're they're right there to break through. And I know David Quinn talked about how he wants to go every other game with these goalies, but that cannot happen. This isn't fucking youth hockey, David Quinn. Igor Shesterkin doesn't play. On Thursday against the Capitals after his performance on Monday against the Penguins, there's a serious problem. He can't be setting the lineup 
days in advance. Just can't happen. Because Shesterkia went out there, won you a game, gave up one goal. Could have been, could have been a loss without some of the huge saves he had. Looked like a Henrik Lundqvist performance. And you can't go back to Georgiev, who gave up five goals on Saturday, hasn't won since game two of the season, and hasn't looked good in any of those games, these three games since then. It's got to be Shesterkin. Can't have this dumb goalie rotation going. Just doesn't work. So the Rangers will be back at it on Thursday at the Garden against the Capitals. That'll do it for today. The Rangers will be back on Thursday at the Garden against the Capitals, and I'll be back on Friday to talk about it. Thanks for listening.